Welcome back to the Wrath of Khan Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we analyze and discuss and gush over Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, one minute at a time. I'm Chris LaSalle. And I'm David Stoker. Hey, Dave. Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm good. Welcome back. Thank you, sir. And welcome back to Chris Eliopoulos, who's joining us this week. I am. You poor guys, you. <laughs> you stuck with me. It's all good. We appreciate it, Chris. Oh, love it. Awesome. Well, here we are. It's Wednesday. Uh, we're talking about minute 77. What minute? Star Trek Two. 77. Okay. Two sevens. Uh, minute 77 starts with uh, Reliant orbiting Regula and ends a minute later with Kirk saying, I got a commendation for original thinking. Cheater. 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 Not to jump too far ahead, but David totally nails that. He does. The one thing that he does nail that he does nail in this movie, other than being a whiner, <laughs> is he nails that line. Well, let's talk about that because uh, my my note on there when 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 Kirk is uh, telling his story. Maybe we should wait. No, let's talk about it. Oh. So Kirk's telling his story, and David just starts laughing and says he cheated. Mm-hmm. And uh, my thing was that he had an instant understanding of what Kirk was talking about. Because he's and, done it uh, himself, right? <clears throat> well, that, that was what I said. Oh, I didn't even think about that, Chris. You're right. Well, I, think it's, him. I, I think it's because he always held Kirk as that, quote, overgrown Boy Scout as someone who lived within the lines. And here he finds out that, wow, he's just like me. He's a big cheater. Well, yeah, even Savick kind of is, is going by that one. She's the one who's by the book and she discovers Kirk is just... I mean, throughout the movie, she's discovered that he's just a play it by the, you know, fly by the seat of your pants. Um, yeah, he's different than the legend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's a rules follower and he breaks them every step he can take. And so maybe they're all starting to learn who Kirk is. Like, you know, he's sort of, I'm wondering if this is like him getting his mojo back. You know, he got punched in the nose and now he's sort of fighting back a little bit and it's the old Kirk coming back. You know, the old man has become an, a young man again. Well, I, no, I agree with that because I, I, I think I said that like a couple minutes ago where he finally unburdens himself of like that he's old and that he feels like, you know, what could have been. And I think now it's like, wow, you know, getting that off my chest, I, fe- I feel better. Like I feel I feel like old Kirk again. And I think this this conversation that we see this minute, next minute is is him like like you said, getting his mojo back. Yeah, yep, for sure. Yeah. My note was that uh, David and Kirk are more alike than you know than they think. Very similar to what Carol said a few minutes ago too. That you right. know, that he's you know he's very much like you. And I think we actually said no way. Um, they both have hair but, pieces. Uh, what? Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, but just that understanding that David had, you know, instantly that there was a connection. I I, I think it was a connection that he felt. Um, but anyway, we jumped way ahead. That was near the end of the minute. Right. So let's go all the way back, 60 seconds back. All right. Um, all right. I have a question about this one too. Okay. So the Reliant is approaching this uh, regular one. They know they're going to come up on the Enterprise. Why are they not at red alert, like ready to just go crazy? They're just like – it's like they're casually driving up like they're going to McDonald's drive through Because they're more than a match for old Enterprise. Yeah, but still, right? You wouldn't be like – Shields up, ready to, you know, or is that just me? 
Is he? Is, uh, is that part of Khan? Is like he's so arrogant he doesn't need to put I, the shields up and be a red alert? Like he's not, he's just going to take him down easily? I think so. I think he totally believes that they limped to regular one, and after listening to the message of how you know if you don't hear back from us, you you get out of there, that he is. Yeah, he thinks he's going to waltz right in there and just fire a couple of photons and blow the whole thing to smithereens. Hmm. And if that can't, the pecs behind his head, the guy with the with the muscles behind him can just squeeze it out of him. <laughs> like, what is that guy? Like, there's a guy that stands, like, right behind him and, like, he's, like, got a, a like, a fur across him and he's totally <laughs> buffed out. And yeah. you're just going, like, what what is he doing? That's his casual wear. I guess. They all like to show off their pecs. They do. Is that part of their, like, tribe now? Like, everybody's got to show off the The women aren't, mind you, but the men are all showing off the pecs. Yep. They regressed a little bit after uh, SETI Alpha 6 exploded. Well, they're from late 21st century, so they're a bunch of savages. savages. We are, so why not them? Right. And, um, okay, and the moon looks like a potato. I'm just saying. No. <laughs> not, I mean, there's a special effect for you. Doesn't look bad. It's no asteroid in Empire Strikes Back. Sure. Right. I do love the music. Every time we every right. time we get back to Khan, we get this bombastic. Oh, it's like wow. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, this and this is one. I think I as much as I love Star Wars and I love Indiana Jones and I love John Williams, this score is just I can listen to this thing day and night. I sit and listen to it while I'm working all the time. I, it just there's something. Absolutely amazing about this score. Um, I know it's supposed to like be very similar to Bat- what is it? Battle Beyond the Stars? Is that the? Oh yes, yeah. Um, yep. But it really works here. I mean, he hit all beats on this one. Um, I could I, hours. I could just listen to this over and over again. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I've definitely I've talked about it before, Chris. That if you do, if if you are, if you're into listening to the Rathacon soundtrack, just. For fun, mm-hmm. you should put Battle Beyond the Stars on. Oh, I have both. Kid. Believe me, I am. I look. I am. I sit and work ho- at home alone. This is all I do is play uh, <laughs> sound movie soundtracks, and so yeah, I, I have them all. Yeah. Um, I get a huge kick out of it because it's 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 like the alternate universe version of Rathacon, which is fun. Yeah, but a lot of these they do. I mean, if you look at John Williams, there are certain things that he does that he'll do throughout all the scores that he that he's done. So. You can forgive him for a little bit of it, but uh, it just works great in this movie. Uh, the militarist, mati, mi, ah, see, I can't even say the word. It's militaristic sounds to it, like you know, it's you know, always driving forward. It's it, yep. again it has that naval kind of feel to it. It's just uh, just amazing. But, um, I have to give uh, I have to give props to Ricardo Montalban. Uh, his reaction shots, um, you, you can yeah. time them. This one takes him from the time he looks out the window. It takes him about ten seconds before he finally sinks in and says, "Where is she?" <laughs> There's a lot of that him. little look around and yeah. Like, what? Where, is, where? But why is he so surprised? He is like bewildered. Like where? Where is she? Like he only thinks two dimensionally. He heard the communication. He should know that they got out of there. Like they fixed and got what power they can, and they're gone. Oh, I don't know. is that was that in the communication? It was basically something like that, wasn't it? But I know he's still expecting a couple of days. Yeah, two days. Oh, maybe, maybe he. Yeah. You know, he said the 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 trick was they said it would take two days, and uh, it actually was two hours, right? As we learned right. next minute. But yeah, so he thought he had a couple of days to get back there, and 
Blown yeah, if you don't hear from us for within one hour, your orders are to restore what power you can. Take the Enterprise to the nearest Starbase and alert Starfleet. So are we to assume that it's been less than an hour? Oh, maybe so. Should be. I mean, what, you know, and even that, they how far could, how fast could they go? True. They don't have warp drive, right? So they'd right. just be limping along. But, don't you think, though, too, like, you know, he's looking at, he's looking through the view screen. You get, you know, you can see regular one floating there and you can see some of the planet, but it's not like he's got a full shot of the entire planet. Wouldn't you, you know, pan the camera around a little bit before you said, where is she? Like, oh, maybe she's off to the right somewhere or to the left, you know? He's like, well, she's gone. She's not there. Where is she? And don't they have sensors? Don't they kind of read before they get up there where they are? Or maybe they left that manual down on the planet. They forgot that one. <laughs> oh, that's a, that, that's a question that I have for another minute. Mm-hmm. Save it. Save it. All right. So we All cut right, so, back. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Chris. No, I was just going to say, um, again, I said it before. They're sitting on the edge of like this giant cliff. I would be like as standing as far back from that cliff as possible, and they just kind of stroll around. Like well, McCoy is the one who's most fearful of going. He's still like near the edge of the edge of the doorway. He's the smart one. Yeah, he's but sitting on a log. And David's back from yeah. his his fruit hunting. So I did I did a little research on this one too, guys. So yeah, David is back. But if you notice when they <clears throat> when we first cut into the scene. Uh, Savick is kind of walking away from him. Right. And I was like, what were they just talking about? And uh, I actually, there's a scene, there was a scene that got cut here. There was a conversation that happened just, be- just before this shot. Ooh, um, lightness. It was, um, apparently there was a subplot that was kind of mixed into the film where David and Savick are supposed to be, you know, have an attraction. Hmm. And this is the, I guess the beginning of it. Um, so Safik's just staring at David, uh, apparently, and uh, he's like, "What are you looking at?" And she says, "The well, actually, she says the Admiral's son." So that is actually, oh, uh, we've we've talked about. Well, we, let me let me finish. So she says, "The Admiral's son." He's like, "Don't you believe it?" He's like, "Oh, I believe it." What are you looking at? And David says, "I don't know." So a little bit of a, a Ooh, back wow. and forth. What a there. line! Wow. <laughs> what are you looking at? What, what are you looking at? Um, but one of the things, Chris, we've been talking about is we, neither Dave and I can remember, uh, when in the movie does David find out that Kirk is his father? Cause we know that Kirk, Kirk knows, uh, but we, we keep trying to figure out when did David find out? When's the big reveal? Um, so this would have been another, well, this would have fit in with, uh, another cut scene in the, uh, in the hallway when, uh, David attacked Kirk, um, where it gets revealed then. Um, but what do you think? David and Savick? Should they have been a been an item? Well, Savick has always kind of bothered me in the sense that from further reading, I understood that she is half Romulan. Yep. And that's why she shows off her emotions as opposed to Spock. But yet she always seems to have a problem with humans having emotions. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I have a problem with them being attracted to each other and, and having uh, I just think it would be too much for this film it's, there's too much subplots going on um, right. and he probably needed to just cut it and kind of streamline things and move it forward but um, and getting back to when he discovers I, I, my, always, my takeaway from this one was always that he sort of had a feeling that Kirk like there was just something he kind of 
maybe thought in the back of his mind that Kirk was his father. And maybe towards that end, um, after the, the big final battle scene, he asks his mother off camera, you know, so is he? And, you know, and that's when he comes and says, I, you know, he, he knows it. So I kind of, it's like those things, you know, it was like, um, field of dreams. Like he sort of had a feeling and, right. then, and it, at the last second he realizes it's, it's his father. Um, and so they didn't throw a baseball around, but, uh, it sort of had the same kind of feeling. So that, that's my take. I, I think he sort of knew in the back of his head, but it was never confirmed until the end. Cool. I like it. That's a good one. That's a good theory. All right. Um, so Savick now comes in and says, uh, starts asking Kirk about the Kobayashi Maru. She she won't let it go. Yeah, she's. I can't believe it's been bugging her for seventy minutes. <laughs> she's obsessed. Well, she failed, right? She doesn't like to fail. She's like well, Kirk. I don't, is it? Did she fail? Like the the test is to. She thinks she did. Well, yeah, she's a Vulcan, I guess. Well, there's no way to lose the test. Like he, they said, you can't fail the test. It's just to gauge how you react in situations. So. Right. But she's just she's assuming it's it's all a win or lose game. Like everything is a win or lose game, I, which I think Kirk does too, right? He, I don't like to lose. Yeah. Yep. I find I find Savick's question. You know, she's a very uncharacteristic of her because she's like, oh, you on the test? Will you tell me what you did? I would really like to know. And she's very quiet. And very soft spoken and uh, almost vulnerable the way she's asking. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, yeah, um, it, it it just surprised me because she's usually she's much colder, right? When she's when everything she says, but here you can feel that. Um, I don't know what the emotion is. She's her admiration for Kirk is you know coming through. She's shy. Well, she figures she's going to die in there with them. She might as well find out the truth, right? <laughs> yes. My one last wish. Could you please tell me how you did this? How'd you solve this thing? Hmm. Well, yeah, right. So it's like a puzzle you have to solve. So maybe she's figuring, you know, it's like, can you tell me the, the trick to the Rubik's Cube? How do I how do I get all the yeah. colors on the same side? <laughs> and Bones, of course, right. is just like, you're seeing the only guy who did it. Classic Bones. Yeah. Very proud of Kirk. That's his buddy. He sticks up for him. We like that. Yeah, Good he's friend. totally. He's, yeah, there's no judgment there either, right? McCoy is like, yeah, he did it. Yeah, he's, you know, you wonder if people were like annoyed at Kirk for doing that in the past, but uh, you can tell he looks like he's like, oh yeah, I knew the guy that beat the Kobayashi Maru. I'm right. friends with him. Yeah, <laughs> but here's the thing: he he cheated, and he got a commendation. Like my kids, if they cheated on a test in school, they'd be suspended. This guy's getting a, a what? What is Starfleet doing? Like we're so proud of you. You cheated a test. Let's give you a medal for it. It was, but it was original thinking. He beat the system. It's, he cheated. It's, charm, it, it's charming Kirk. It's yet another example of charming Kirk. So what you're Kirk saying is the Admiral was a woman and he just put his, his charms on her? Oh, boy. <laughs> Maybe. Could be. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I love I love Savick's reaction when Kirk says that he... You know, he reprogrammed the simulation so he could win. She's like, like what? Her face is like, Are, what? Are you I, kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> Who farted in the car? What the? <laughs> uh, it's awesome. Love her reaction. Yeah. And David's is just as good. I mean, he really just comes in there and like finds it totally hysterical. Yeah. 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 Exactly. He won't be so hysterical by next movie, but you know. Uh, 
And I think Kirk, doesn't Kirk look back too? And David yeah. says uh, he cheated and laughs and Kirk looks back. He probably winked at him, right? Yep. Yeah, that's right. I Had to cheat. be. <laughs> yeah, baby. But we don't, we don't say cheated in front of the cadets. <laughs> we altered the conditions, changed that's the right. conditions. I didn't uh-huh. really cheat. It's not really cheating if you just change the conditions. Uh-huh. Yes, it is, but all right. I'll give him. But that's the no, funny thing, you know, right? She's talking about being all by the books, and he's everything but. And he gets awarded. So that's probably like that probably was the seminal moment of his career. As a young cadet, he cheats the system, and he gets an award for it. And that's his whole career afterward is just cheating the system all the way through. Ooh, you think that sent him down the path? Ooh. Yeah, you know, it became. Oh, I can a, do this all the time. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at the original series, like he always broke the rules. Like he never followed Starfleet protocol, and um, so that was probably the the big moment, you know. And of course, well, you know, all the all the subsequent, you know, the new movies, they love this movie, and so they had to glom on to this moment of the Kobayashi Maru and show it. Yeah, so I was gonna, I was gonna ask that. I'm like. So he in this moment he says he reprograms the simulation and we see that in the reboot is mm-hmm. that he actually does reprogram the simulator it, it goes shuts down and makes it so that the klingon ships no longer have shields and he can destroy them and save the crew I mean it was yeah. a big throwback I mean he was even eating an apple that played yep. back to this movie I mean they really totally pulled that whole thing so I had that in my in my notes to chat about what did you, what did you guys think about that throwback did you like it or not Oh I did I thought it was great. It pulled me a bit out of the movie. Um, you know, they were so reverential, but show us something different. Mm. Um, you know, uh, and, think... and it was obvious that they were doing that, all right? Because he's eating an apple. Yes. Which play, you know, plays back to this movie, this scene. Yep. Um, and then they show, well, no, in, in that case, he gets reprimanded. But we don't even get through the whole trial before they have to go fly off. But um, even the, their second movie is just basically trying to pull everything that was good out of this movie and put it put it into another movie um which is just like dude just make your own movie uh, yeah 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 um i i personally I, I i didn't mind the throwbacks i mean there's some that are you know more heavy-handed than others but i really i really liked the apple in yes, the kobayashi yeah. scene i'm like like oh that's a nice touch i mean because it wasn't like you know what i mean it was mm-hmm. You really have to know Wrath of Khan is like, why? what's the deal with the apple? Oh, that's when he's actually bragging about Kobayashi that he's eating the apple. Um, I got a big kick out of it. Yeah. No, I got a kick out of it. I just felt in the movie I got pulled out a little bit. Mm. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that was all notes I had for this minute. How about you guys? Yeah, I can't wait for the, the next minute is the I think the, the best minute I've got here. So The best you've got. Well, how about um, – do you have? Do you have? Dave and I have been kind of calling out our favorite minutes in the film as we've hit them. Um, do you have any any favorite minutes, either past or forward, that you want to talk um, about? I mean, a lot of them are the, are the minutes that everybody loves. I mean, we all love the con moment. We love. Um, I do love the next minute. I, I do want to say that it's probably one of my favorite moments. Although when you analyze these things minute by minute, you go, "What the hell was I thinking?" Um, <laughs> But obviously, you know, at the end, uh, uh, when Kirk and Spock have their fare- farewell, it's um, it's it's just a great, great moment. Um, oh yeah, it's amazing. You know, I, I think, uh, and I love after you know the sort of the coda, uh, the, you know, the, the thing at the end of the movie where he's kind of 
staring out uh, and she, they ask how he's feeling. Who is it, Bones? Or ask yeah. how you're feeling, and he's like, I feel young. Yeah, that's um, that's a great moment. Um, but there are there are a lot of good moments in this movie. This is just one of my favorite movies, so uh, I can't say anything bad about it, even though I probably will. <laughs> like like I said, it's hard when you do it a minute at a time. You you can always find fault with something. Sure. Um. All right. Well. Cool. Um. Well, why don't we wrap it up? And Chris, if there's uh, there are places where folks can find you online, you want to share? Um, I gave you my my Twitter feed. Um, uh, ChrisLiopolis.com. If you ever want to go over there, sometimes I post things with what I'm up to. So go there. Go there right away, as fast as you can, light speed. All right. Well, guys, if you want to find us online, we're at the we're at wrathoconminute.com. Uh, we're also on Twitter, uh, WOK Minute. And we're on Facebook at the Rathacon Minute Listener Federation. Um, and we're going to be back here again on Friday if you can join us, Chris. Oh, yeah. Um, wonderful. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be back on Friday with Minute 78 of Star Trek Two here at the Rathacon Minute. <laughs>